Before I start today's episode, I wanted to remind everybody that we are nearing the end of the season. Uh, after this episode, there will be only two more episodes with actual story content. I would like to encourage anybody and everybody that listens to this podcast to fill out a mailbag and a survey that I have available. The link will be in the description uh, for the podcast, but uh, you can also type it in. It's bit.ly slash yafsurvey5, and that's actually the number five instead of V. I already got four responses, which is more than I actually expected, so thank you for everybody who's uh, filled this out already. And I guess without further ado, um, enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Yaf Podcast, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 25, The Interdimensional Rift, Part one yeah this is gonna be a three-parter because this is just gonna be there's a lot going on in this interdimensional rift of ours i decided to look up the translation matrix for this uh game and there's a really good one on the final fantasy fandom wiki or whatever it's called and the interdimensional rift is actually called the end zone in the playstation title so i kind of find it really funny i looked it up online and um i think i might have mentioned it in the last episode that oh it's gonna be three-parter about the end zone and if that was confusing it's because i was looking at the it's either the playstation or the snes translation i guess that would be kind of the same thing because the final fantasy 5 came to the u.s as the PlayStation remake, right? Uh, or I guess re-release or whatever you want to call it. And it was called Endzone in that game. For just kind of a little fun thing, I'm looking at the, I am looking at the translation matrix. The literal translation from Japanese would be Interdimensional Castle, which I think is way more, mm, wait a second. I gotta, I gotta censor my language here. It's way more bad, but then, <laughs> uh, then interdimensional rift, like tr- the rift, that totally makes sense. But interdimensional castle, that sounds that sounds intriguing. So in the last episode, I kind of finished up all of the weird side quests. I got a lot of summons. I got the mime class, not mimic, as I keep calling it. And I wonder if that's another trans- translation thing. And that is something that I can definitely look up, but I'm totally not going to. And uh, yeah, and so what 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 is what is it time for now? It's time for it to stock up on stuff because last time I went down into the final dungeon, I found myself without having all the items that I needed. And there's usually not a shop in the final dungeon, or if there is, it's literally right before the final boss, and that is sometimes way too late. And when you fight the final boss, it's not like you need all these items. Like you'll be relying more so on your magic and everything else. Uh, maybe for a couple of elixirs, but elixirs are expensive and hard to buy anyway. So I decided to get 99 potions, 99 hyper potions, did that, got a bunch of ethers, not 99, but a bunch. So I'm, I'm really hoping that there are enough save points along the area for me to recover, which also meant getting a bunch of cottages. I think I got like 50 cottages and like 40 tents. That should be more than enough for any amount of grinding in this game. Like that should be... I, I can't imagine that I've used 40 tents through the entire game. So, like, I'm definitely overstocked. I tried to buy elixirs. Elixirs were, like, 50k each. I could buy, like, two, and I thought that's not really useful. And I bought a bunch of shuriken uh, for my ninja. So, let me go ahead and uh, tell you about my party setup, because that has become, like, the favorite part of my game. I mean, I'm talking to people about this. Like, I I'm, I'm, I sit down with friends, and I'm like, hey, we're talking gaming. Let me tell you about the class system in Final Fantasy V. And I'm planning to do a YouTube video, so if I do, I'll probably drop a link uh, below. And if I don't, because I forget, just, uh, I don't know. 
just <laughs> look it up. Um, I think my let me. I think my YouTube channel is YouTube.com/slash/wajanus. Wajanus. Um, it's a combination of my last name and something else. So yeah, you can look that up and, and see if it's there. So let me ta- tell you about my class setup. I have Bartz, who's a Spellblade uh, class. So he's a Mystic Knight, a Spellblade user, and dual wields, which means that uh, his first weapon gets uh, always gets like magic uh, bump from the Spellblade whenever I use Spellblade. Ferris is a ninja, but... She has Spellblade and Throw working together for her and dual wields as a ninja. So that means that I can uh, enchant my weapons and they both get enchanted. And I can also throw those shuriken that I bought um, in case I need that boost. Uh, Spoiler alert, I didn't need those shuriken in the end because Ferris just does an, an amazing amount of damage on her own. And I think the shuriken would actually slow her down. Uh, then we have Lena, who's a red mage, and so she's got summon and red. And Krilly, who, ha- who is also a red mage and has red magic and time magic. So it's time to go to the rift, and we go ahead and go there. I'm following the guide on this one, um, and we enter where Castle Tycoon used to be. Uh, the second I tried to go in, there's a cutscene, and we get sucked in. So this is kind of an in- interesting point. I think you can still get out of the rift, even when you get sucked in, you can get out. But had I not known to avoid that area, I would have accidentally basically triggered the end of the game here. So, and I was wondering what the what the interdimensional rift would look like, because in a lot of games, these types of areas look different. Right in Final Fantasy three, the you know when you enter the world beyond the the Crystal Castle or whatever it's called, uh, in that game, you uh, th- th- there's there's just like nothingness and clouds and darkness and you kind of like walk on the darkness and it's all just really creepy and I was expecting exactly that, uh, and when you enter the what is it? The special dimension, whatever it's called in Pokemon Sun and Moon, you know, it looks like darkness with a path in the middle, right? Like it's all right. That's kind of like what people imagine. When you enter the interdimensional rift, we dock in a weird ocean. Yeah. Uh, and we can also leave whenever I found out. And then the rift looks like a desert, just like the desert. Well, just like the only desert in the game, really. Right. It looks exactly like that. And you have shifting sands. Uh, you have to kind of walk through there. And, uh, you know, we had released a bunch of monsters that are royal to X death. So that means that that's what we're going to be kind of facing in the rift as we go through it. And so, yeah, I went through the shifting sands and pushed me over to one side. And then I entered a small building. And then I went down. There was like a, you know, one of those, what do you call it? Like a mechanical gear with a chain. And so when you, once you actually go up to that, you can slide down and you find yourself in Ronkin Ruins. So it's definitely like bizarre. The Ronkin Ruins were by the desert, but they were not in the desert in the real world. So in the rift, things kind of get weird. Uh, yeah, so we slide down a chain and then we're inside of that building. We go through some of the areas there and come out in the Phantom Village. Again, weird. We actually come out in the middle of one of the buildings in the Phantom Village. And then we come out and nobody's talking to us. 
No one responds. Nothing's going on. Nothing's moving. Areas are literally blocked because a character just stands there and you can't go around them, which is kind of funny because like, I understand the need for blocking characters from going into areas that are, you know, I guess like red herrings or maybe areas that you don't want characters to go to because it could break something. But in real world, if I was walking through a village and everybody was just standing still and it looks like time just stopped in this village, you just kind of like shove past somebody. Like, I don't know. It's it's kind of funny. But yeah, that's that's what's going on here. And once we come out of the Phantom Village, we find ourselves in the Mirage Forest or the Phantom Forest, whatever it's called, the Dark Forest. So I'm walking through the forest. There's a bunch of difficult monsters there. And then there's a hole in the tree um, once we get far enough. And once I open that hole in the tree, we get attacked by a monster called Calafistori. Califisteri, Cal- uh, which is one of Xdeath's monsters. And I want to kind of point out real quick that this is this should be technically World 4, you know, because this, this is like a mix of all of the different worlds, but in the weirdest ways. There, there are definitely new parts to this, like the building that uh, we entered to get into the Ronkin Ruins. So it's like it reused some textures, but not that one. Uh, we, op- you know, we climb up through, I believe we climbed up through a ladder in the phantom village in a new building that we haven't been to before and then the mirage forest looks different than the original so yeah fought califisteri defeated califisteri yay go through the we go through the uh tunnel you know like in in the in the trees here when you press a on them it opens up a tunnel under the tree so we go through there and we find ourselves in waterfalls um it's kind of like a dream that's this is what it feels like the the, in, the this part of the game so there's just a lot going on in this game, and it's it is it's quite something. So yeah, there's a waterfall, and I'm wondering, you know, where is the safe point? Because I am, uh, I'm I'm starting to freak out. These monsters are difficult. These matches are difficult, and I'm having to use my potions, my hyper potions, and and ethers. So my supplies are taking a hit from this. But there is a safe point, which means that. Um, there are lots of strong monsters and I can save and I can grind. Unfortunately, I find it difficult to grind, uh, because the monsters are too strong. Like I'm under leveled here. I am maybe not under leveled, but it's, it's definitely like a difficult area. Now, then there's a, I'm, I'm walking through the waterfalls. So the waterfalls is an inside cave. And in some parts of the cave, when you like kind of come out, so to speak, you can see waterfalls going down. And uh, there is a moving metal machine that is stopping us to go going through that waterfall. And I looked it up in the guide because it killed me like twice when I tried to f- defeat it. And the guide said, hey, if this is your first playthrough, you should probably avoid, you know, this machine thing. I don't know what it I don't know what it's called, but it's one of those. Uh, it's it looks like one of the same monsters that were out in one of the ruins. Which ruins were those? Phoenix Tower? No, not Phoenix Tower. It was a different tower. It was a there was definitely a tower, and the, the, these monsters were kind of walking around, and I really do not remember the name of it. So, <laughs> uh, was it Omega? I think it's. Oh yeah, so it's called Omega. So the Omega monster is just. I, I'm reading about it. It says it is one of the most difficult battles in the game. If this is your first time, we recommend you just avoid the battle. And that's what I did, because that monster, you literally start the battle and you get attacked with a 3000 HP hit and you're dead. And then it destroys your entire party like the second turn. 
it is just ridiculous. You have no time to set up. You have no time to even like hurt it. You know, it's ridiculous. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go around th- around it through the, you know, through a different, there's a waterfall that you can walk through and go to a different area. And it turns out it just goes around and it drops right in front of Omega anyway. So I went through the, through the waterfall. Then I got like an item from a chest and then I went down the waterfall. And then it turns out you can actually walk around Omega. You have to wait for it to scooch over. So there's always one space between you and Omega as you're walking past it. And it's on a ledge uh, right in front of another waterfall. So and I wrote down a note for myself just for fun. It says, knowing me, I'll teleport out and rerun this entire dungeon just so that it's like an easy one. I didn't do that and I'm not planning on doing that because you can't really teleport out of the entire rift and start over. That was something that you could do. That was something I liked in Final Fantasy 2. So in Final Fantasy 2, the final um, dungeon was like 13 levels. It was just a ridiculously long and hard dungeon. But what is great about it is that you could teleport out and you could start the entire thing over. In this game, you'd have to manually backtrack all the way back and get out of the rift and then go back again in final fantasy 4 at least i think like i haven't tried teleporting out but there are there are a lot of sections in this game like the forest is in a cave the phantom village is in a cave right so you shouldn't be able to teleport out right like that makes sense to me so that's what i that's the assumption i've been going under um in final fantasy 4 you know the entire last part of the game is a huge dungeon which i did teleport out of so it is like my mo to teleport out teleport out of a dun- the final dungeon once I'm about three quarters way through so I can heal up and go rerun it again. But yeah, I definitely did not do that this time. I <laughs> wrote another note in my notes here that I was just like kind of terrified that this is going to be Final Fantasy 3 style gameplay where it's just like a lot of grinding and really difficult, really long dungeon and I'm going to spend the rest of my life here. <laughs> um, luckily, it's not really turning out to be that way because I mean partly because of the fact that there are safe points. And those safe points really do make me think, okay, yeah, I'm not really meant to backtrack. So having a safe point in the waterfalls means that, yeah, I, getting through the first part of the interdimensional rift, there's always a safe point I can rely on. That's nice. Once we go through the waterfalls, we open, we go through this like little cave and we find ourselves in a study. It looks like the library of the ancients. Now notice something. Most of the, a lot of the areas that were, swallowed up by the void are here but the phantom village wasn't swallowed up by by the void right like part of the desert was swallowed up by the void which makes sense right because that was literally swallowed up by the void the library of the ancient was swallowed up by the void which is why we see this study which looks like it should be inside of the library of the ancients and it makes me wonder if it is you know lore wise just like an area that's not accessible unless it's in the rift hmm Okay, maybe the Phantom Village was because it used to be swallowed up. Oh, isn't it? I guess it's it's kind of hidden, so it's kind of existing in both places. So maybe this is like a copy or like a, a shadow of the actual Phantom Village. Not 100% sure. But once we get to the study, um, we get to find fight another boss, the a panda or... In the original, or in the PlayStation translation, Apprehender, which makes way more sand, sense than a panda. Like, it's not a panda, but it's a panda. So, I don't know. But we find a panda, um, and there's a little really funny thing. If you summon Ifrit, which was one of the things I did almost immediately, it gets scared. 
just like back in the Library of the Ancients when there was that one demon who was like, I'm just going to keep moving this shelf so you can't get past me and you can't go anywhere. And then, you know, we had Ifrit with us and it was like, oh, no, it's Ifrit. Okay, well, I'm just going to like leave this library and you can go past. It's fine. So this is kind of like what happened here. It's a little bizarro library. Now, of course, this because this was a monster in the library, it was really weak to fire. And when it's weak to fire, it's that that's going to be its end. So there, here is what I did. Ferris used Spellblade and cast Faraga on her Spellblade, which means that, I mean, that's the strongest fire spell, right? I think. Oh, isn't there like a Firaja? I haven't gotten one of those, but Firaga is like one of the strongest ones. <sighs> Bartz could cast Firaga as well. And both of my little mages could cast fire spells. Not only that, but again, uh, we had... Lena, who could cast Ifrit. Um, unfortunately, again, even though Bahamut's Mega Flare feels like it should be a fire attack, it's actually non-elemental. Um, the and, and there's an advantage to it being non-elemental. One of the reasons why there's an advantage is that there are a lot of monsters that absorb or nullify elemental spells. And so this is like a... I almost want to say like pure magic damage. So as long as the enemy is not immune to magic... Uh, Mega, Bahamut's Mega Flare does a lot of damage, but in this case, it wouldn't be amplified by the monster's weakness. Um, so it took very little time. Ferris's Spellblade did 6k damage, and she attacked twice. It was a very, very short fight. What a... Yeah, it was a very short fight. Um, these bosses, there's I don't think there's anything super uh, important about them. Uh, one thing is, is that... Like, these are all of X-Death's monsters that he released. And that's that's kind of it. Um, I don't think there's... Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, if there's anything special about these bosses worth mentioning. Like, Omega was worth mentioning just because Omega was so strong. But, yeah, once you fight de defeat the monster, um, you actually start the fight by opening a book on, a de on the desk. Because, so, you walk into the study. There's a small bookshelf with two books. If you read them, you learn about Gigaflare. And then you'll learn learn about something else. I think Omega itself, like the that previous boss. Um, and then when you open the book with a panda in it, you, know, you start the fight. But after the fight, when you close the book and walk out, you're back at the waterfalls. When you c open the book and walk out, you're up in like a castle in the sky. Like this is Studio Ghibli stuff, you know, going on over here. <laughs> um, but yeah. That's that's kind of it. Um, we're up in the sky and there are invisible bridges, and I'm gonna go over the rest of it in the next episode. But we're getting through the instrument dimensional rift. I do have to say, like, it is taking me a while to get through this through the rift. So I've already finished the second part, playing the second part. But it's also because I decided to grind a lot, and I don't know if I needed to, but. Here's what I wanted to do, really. Here's a spoiler alert for next episode. I'm going to talk about this at length in the next episode. But, you know, my study makeup, or not study makeup, my party makeup. I want Bart to master Spellblade so I can make him a freelancer. I want Ferris to master Ninja so I can make her a freelancer. I want Lena to master Red Mage so I can make her a mime and give her all the magical powers. And I believe at this point, Lena was at like 200 out of 999 ABP. 
or or something like that, maybe three or four hundred, maybe. So like not a lot of ABP, and there's a lot of ABP left in order to master the class. So I don't know what I'm thinking here, <laughs> but that was my goal. And Krilly, the same thing. She's a red mage. She think I, I think she had like maybe two, three hundred ABP left. So it, it was still a, lo- a lot of ABP I had to get in order to master all these classes and 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 build out my ultimate build. Um, and you kind of want to do that before you finish the game, right? I mean, it would suck if I build out the entire cla- uh, party, but only for the final battle. So I decided to grind in the next episode. I'm going to talk about that. But yeah, so these these areas aren't super long, but they take long because I decided I wanted something special. I don't have any predictions. There's nothing really to say. It is interesting that they created this like dreamlike area, and I wonder if this game got to be so long because of so much sprite reuse. I mean, think about it. We have two Ronkin ruins that are essentially identical. Ones that are under the Ronkin ruins themselves, ones that are under the Crescent Town, right? That's in World 1. Um, and then we have World 2, which feels very similar to World 1. We have this interdimensional rift, which is basically reusing the entirety of World 1. World 3... Right, World 3 is just World 1 and World 2 put together. So they're reusing a lot of data here. They're reusing a lot of art, a lot of stuff, and it feels okay. I'm totally fine with it. And I wonder if that's why they were able to do these things with it, that they were able to say, oh, hey, this is technically World 4, and it's just like a bizarro World 3. Oh, hey, this is World 3, and it's kind of a bizarro World 1. It feels more like World 1 than 2, to be honest. So, yeah. I I am wondering if that's kind of like what's going on here. And it's kind of cute. I like it. I like what they're doing with this game, and I'm liking this game a lot. And uh, I look forward to seeing how all of this resolves. So leave a rating and a review. Like and subscribe. Uh, Wait, that's YouTube? Whatever. You're probably already subscribed. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash yafpodcast. And uh, I will see you next time.